0: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
1: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the centurion lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game. Come on! 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, zin is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your in online or in a store near you at Zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
2: Thanks for listening to the Best of Heard Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday. From 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd.
1: This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Oh, a tasty one today, it's Tuesday, we're live in Los Angeles, it's the Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and FS1, it is great to have you in, one hour from now, Nick Wright stops by, J-Mac joining me today, Kyle Van Noy, good talker, Chargers guy, linebacker's joining us today as well, we'll probe deep into the Chargers situation, J-Mac, what'd you do last night? I plan for today. Today's
3: a huge day, starting the day off with a new shirt, thanks to the wardrobe department. We've yeah. got some big news we're going to reveal later in the show. Big news? Well, I will, at least. Okay. Yeah, I think some fans in the Northwest will be very excited. Okay. If you know what I mean. Okay, very excited for all this. Big talk. Lakers game tonight.
2: Clippers-Lakers. Hey,
3: no joke, this is a big January basketball game. Lakers are only two games back of the sixth seed in the West. They face the Clippers tonight, huge one at the Crypt.
2: Is that what they're calling it now? I'm just <laughs> trying to be cool and sound and fun. So uh, NFL executive says Russell Wilson is washed amid the Sean Payton rumors. I have been told the Broncos have made a decision. They want Sean Payton. Russell Wilson has told the Broncos owners he wants Sean Payton. Here's the dilemma. According to an NFL exec, Denver's got the best tradition. The new owners seem aggressive. They're willing to spend. But I think Russell Wilson's washed and the lack of draft capital holding him back. The defense is very good, but Mahomes and Herbert aren't going anywhere in that division. So, you know, you think to yourself, if Brian Dable can get Daniel Jones to the playoffs, can Sean Payton get Russell Wilson to the playoffs? Well, Herbert and Mahomes are not playing in the NFC East. But I think one of the things that Sean Payton has to think about, and it's a real thing, With Daniel Jones, there are some limitations, but they're football limitations. You know what you have. It's right in front of you. But with Russell Wilson, there's self-awareness issues, trying to simultaneously be a football star and elevate Ciara's career issues. There's the isolation issues from teammates. He's got his own office. That's an issue. And his own chiropractor, I'm told, that's an issue. A lot of this stuff is personality, emotional, family stuff. That's way harder. The football stuff for a Brian Dable or a Sean Payton, that's not, that's not as difficult. Wasn't it a little bit, and I'm a Russell Wilson fan, wasn't it a little bit an eye-opener when he left the Seahawks? And former teammates, some of them offensive, use words like fake, isolated, not approachable. There are so many things to like about this, and they'll probably pay upwards of $25 million for Sean Payton, but I think I'd pass. Evaluating quarterbacks is certainly not an exact science. I couldn't stand Zach Wilson as a prospect. Joe Douglas of the Jets, a sharp, shrewd young GM, loved him. I met somebody last week, former NFL coach, loved Zach Wilson. Again, I'm just a radio TV guy. I couldn't stand him as a prospect. I didn't like Baker Mayfield as a prospect. I didn't love Jameis Winston as a prospect. I don't know more than GMs. It's inexact. You're not really sure. But here's the one thing that is exact. All the great ones, all of them, have like an approachable feel, kind of relatable. One of the guys go out drinking on a Tuesday night. You can put your arms around him. That's like the opposite of what you're hearing from former Seahawks and some current Broncos, although a couple of players late in the year did defend Russell Wilson. you got to be a unifier. One of us, relatable, approachable, can't have your own doctor and chiropractor and therapist. And, and, and I look at NFL quarterbacks who have often had their careers implode It's not the football stuff. Tyler Murray, it imploded. It was the personal stuff. Jay Cutler, personal stuff. Nobody liked him. Jeff George, I know a lot of you don't know who Jeff George is. World-class arm talent. Not enough people liked him. Uh, Baker Mayfield butchered the podium. Uh, Zach Wilson in in New York. I saw a story this weekend. They were rejoicing (laughs) when he got benched. It's not the football stuff. An older Aaron. And older Russell Wilson, sometimes not viewed as unifiers, aloof. Don't spend off seasons with the young guys. I don't know. I think with Russell Wilson, Denver wants Sean Payton. Russell Wilson wants Sean Payton. I think the deal would be done today if Sean Payton said, all right, I'm your coach. And he may. I'm going to pay a lot of money. The defense is good. And there's some really nice weapons. A star running back got injured. He's back. Tight ends are solid. Receivers are beyond solid. They got a good left tackle. But there's so many hoops to jump through. And sometimes it's just easier to have football stuff to deal with, not like personality stuff. Has Green Bay ever truly figured out Aaron Rodgers? (laughs) I don't think they have. I st- and those are smart, capable people. They go into meetings with him. They've been around him for 15 years. They still can't quite nail him down on the personality stuff and the offseason stuff. I think if I'm Sean Payton, $25 million is a lot of money. I think I'd pass. All right. So speaking of Aaron Rodgers, uh, it's now no longer just um, a rumor. Ian Rappaport is an excellent reporter. He is saying what many others are saying, trading errands on the table. Now, obviously, errands, very, very expensive. But um, a couple of years ago, Jerry Jones said something, and it really stuck with me. He was talking about Dak's contract. And uh, although at the time I thought it was too much for Dak, his point on paying for nice things is accurate. Here's Jerry. The truth is, Most anything that I've ever been involved in that ended up being special, I overpaid for. Every time to the end. Anytime I've tried to get a bargain, I got just that. It was a bargain in a lot of ways and not up to standard. By the way, you know who got a bargain at quarterback this year? The Steelers with Mitch Trubisky. They stole him. The Falcons stole Marcus Mariota. Panthers did with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Yeah, they got a bargain. All right. I don't know how you look in the AFC, like a Tennessee Titans, New York Jets, and you see Mahomes and Allen and Lamar and Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how you look at your current quarterback situation and feel good about it. The only way to get value at quarterback Jalen Hurts, draft him. That's it. <laughs> and most teams that draft a quarterback know you got to have like Mike Tomlin security or Bill Belichick security to withstand the two or three growing pain years. Otherwise, you got to go to the market and pay. Like I look at the Jets, really good roster, desperate for a quarterback, and they're not paying any of their top five or six offensive players anything. He fits. New York, Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to be overwhelmed by it. I don't know. Also, I think Green Bay would be fine. The Bears, defensive head coach, defensive culture, lost 10 straight, offense is an absolute mess. Minnesota won 11-0 and in one possession games, one score games. They're the easiest team to predict a pullback next year. They're not going 11-0 in one-score games, just like the previous year. They lost eight one-score games. They'll probably be 5-5, five 6-4, and 4-6. Five, and, four, four and six. They're going to pull way back. And Detroit, I like their story, but they haven't won the division since the early 90s. I think it was 93. I think it's 30 years ago exactly. I may be wrong. So I think Green Bay would be fine. If Jordan Love was a B-minus quarterback in that division, You will absolutely contend for a playoff spot. Oh, yeah, with Aaron this year, you didn't make the playoffs. I think it makes sense for Green Bay. You get a first-round pick this year, maybe a couple of seconds. You've got a nice roster. You could use another tight end, another edge rusher, maybe a wide receiver. But Jordan's not making any money for two years, at least one year, so you can handle Aaron Rodgers' dead-cap hit. But how in the world in the AFC can you look at that Mount Rushmore and then some roster of young star quarterbacks, generational talents in their prime and go, we're good here. Tennessee, you're not. Miami, you're not. Jets, you're not. Take a big swing. And Green Bay, rip the Band-Aid off. Every time Jerry Jones has sought a bargain, it's exactly what he got. Falcons got one this year. Steelers got one this year. Carolina got two this year. Got a bargain at quarterback? It's all you have. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at
1: noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
2: The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, Gainbridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive. It's easy. Best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play. You call every shot. From choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest. Gainbridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers, 40%. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money, reliable returns. Take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Change the game. Get started today. As little as $1,000 at Gainbridge.io. Decovas is a great boot brand. Love it. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. And Decovis is Western to the core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance, pearls, snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, they'll get you outfitted. As a special opportunity for my listeners, Decovis has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Dacovas.com. Just use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, at checkout. H-E-R-D. It's about a $30 value, and they sell fast. So there's always a new style and looks. Again, limited time. Just enter the code HERD at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Decovus, only at Decovus.com. If you can't make it to a store, DeCovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods to your door. Visit DeCovas.com, T-E-C-O-B-A-S.com and point your toes west. So I was reading an article yesterday by Tyler Dunn, who was sort of eviscerating Sean McDermott, the coach of the Buffalo Bills, and and Sean McDermott did bring um, some stability to a chaotic locker room in Buffalo. Nobody's saying he's an awful coach, but we have a revolution going on in football in America and it's amazing to me, these billionaire owners aren't paying attention. I'll give you an example. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the most, that's the key word here, the most successful defensive head coaches this year. Sean McDermott went the furthest. He was routed at home in the playoffs, and they had absolutely no offensive identity for three and a half hours. It was a humiliating effort. The second most successful defensive coach this year was Brandon Staley. Um, Epic second-half meltdown. Scored three points second half. No offensive adjustments with Justin Herbert. The third most successful defensive coach was Pete Carroll, who was routed by the Niners six points in the second half. No offensive adjustments. The next most successful coach was Todd Bowles, he trailed at one point with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and a healthy offensive line, thirty-one to six. The next three most successful defensive coaches this year, many finished in last place, were Mike Tomlin at nine and eight, Ron Rivera at eight, eight and one, and Belichick at eight and nine. In all three, the offense struggled at times, pathetic. A baseball manager can understand pitching and hitting, so can a hockey coach, an NBA coach, MLS, you can understand both sides of the sport. It's not that way with football. It's not. Bill Parcells, Sean Payton tells you stories. Bill's a psychological guru and a brilliant organizer. They didn't know offense. Didn't even understand quite the language. Belichick does not know offense. Can't draft it, can't develop it. Think about this. Nine of the ten best offenses in the NFL made the playoffs. 90%. Five of the top six second-half offenses made the playoffs, including Brian Dable, who's dealing with Daniel Jones at quarterback. You're not maximizing your opportunity to win in professional football with a defensive culture. It's like not shooting the three in basketball. You're just not maximizing your opportunity. San Antonio's been stubborn. They're awful. Golden State never was. They're great. You start looking around at the col- it's not just a defensive coach. It's the culture in the building. Chicago, historically a defensive culture. The offense is a disaster. Let me name some teams that spend the most money on defense in the NFL. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Seattle, Titans, Chargers, Shocker. All defensive coaches. The world has changed. Billionaires. Hello, anyone watching? That doesn't mean every defensive coach wouldn't work. I still think you need a great defensive coordinator. When I talked to Sean Payton about the Denver job or Arizona, he had his defensive coordinator all picked and ready to go. But when you watch Mike Zimmer, a respected defensive coach, leave Minnesota, highly respected, a kid, a former player, becomes offensive coach, and they go from the team that lost the most one-possession games in the league to the team that went 11-0 and in one-possession games. Are you paying attention? It is the three-point shot 12 years ago. You are literally not maximizing the sport if you've got your money on the defensive side, Pittsburgh and Seattle, your defensive coach, a defensive culture in the building. You talk about toughness and run games, and, oh, that's adorable. Nine of the top ten offenses make the playoffs, the teams that adjust at halftime. You watch Buffalo. What was that? First series, Josh Allen at home, three and out. Stephon Diggs disappeared. Didn't use Josh Allen's legs in the first half. It's not that Sean McDermott can't coach. It was pathetic. I mean, it was, it was, I don't even know what it was. Defensive coach. Defensive culture. Defensive draft pick. Look at Buffalo. Two great offensive players. Rest of them are all on defense. Humiliated at home. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. By the way, little story. Tom Brady, according to Page Six, is that the New York Post? New York Post, correct. Tom Brady's been spotted in Miami uh, checking out private schools for his kids. Now, remember, Brady had a deal with Miami before it blew up in the Brian Flores lawsuit to be like an owner. He was going to go there with Sean Payton. Uh, if, 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 when you're in the East Coast and you're a Californian— Miami's very attractive. It's the one East Coast city that's got really nice aqua water, uh, no state tax. Uh, Miami has always felt like, so this is what I've said. Even Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr and Brady work in Miami because it's a distribution offense. Brady at this point in his career needs elevation. He needs protection. Tom is no longer taking Julian Edelman and making him a borderline Hall of Famer. That's not what he's doing. Tom got to Tampa. He knew what he needed. Right tackle, Gronk, A.B., Lenny Furnett. Tom needs protection. This is a distribution offense. Tom Brady doesn't miss starts. He doesn't miss starts. So to me, Miami, that coach, that distribution, that – you and I have said this. This is where if I was Derek Carr, I would go in a heartbeat. If I was Kirk Cousins – now, they're not going to go after Cousins. I, I, they'll go over Tua over Kirk Cousins. But I do think Derek Carr, uh, you would have to think strongly. Send Tua to the Raiders. You go You go, Derek Carr.
3: I think you'd have to consider it. Don't forget Jimmy Garoppolo obviously has a relationship with uh, McDaniel
2: dating back to San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo makes sense as well. Now, we have a bite from Tom Brady. He was on his own podcast with Jim Gray. He's, he's getting very grumpy. Uh, <laughs> and Brady uh, clearly has not uh, resolved uh, his decision on what he's going to do this upcoming season.
1: Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you've said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do regarding your football career?
4: Jim, if I knew what I was going to f- do, I'd have already f- done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're
1: antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's you're only the question scratchy. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you.
2: Um, I will say this. Tom to Miami makes sense. His former home, New England, hired Bill O'Brien yesterday. So he's the offensive coordinator, second time around for the Patriots. Uh, He was a coordinator at Alabama. He's a competent offensive coordinator. He knows what he's doing. So I was saying this morning to the team, I said, New England will be a playoff team next year. It's remarkable. New England was last in the league in red zone offense. Scored 30 points one time. Kansas City did eight times. That in this league now that has pivoted to offense, it's remarkable the Patriots were eight and nine. Had they beaten the Packers in overtime, an overtime game, they would have had a winning record. It's almost impossible in this league to have a winning record when you're awful offensively. That a DC was their OC. It doesn't make any sense. So seven of the 14 teams... Uh, that made the playoffs this year are new. They did not make it last year. Ravens, Jags, Chargers, Dolphins, Vikings, Giants, Seahawks. Next year, you're going to have six to seven new playoff teams. The teams to keep your eye on that did not make the playoffs this year, and we're going to have six to seven, because since 1990, you can go back 33 years, minimum of four-plus make the playoffs that didn't, and now we've added some. Here's the teams to me that feel like they'd be the leader on the clubhouse that didn't make it this year, that would make it next year. I think New England, number one. If you look at their defense, it was second in the NFL in takeaways. Belichick still regarded as the best defensive coach in the NFL. Now they've got a competent offensive coordinator. And I think you'd be surprised if you Googled Mac Jones rookie, rookie numbers. They were really good for a rookie. He is now, this will be his third year in the league. I think New England makes the playoffs. Second, probably if TJ Watt is upright, Pittsburgh. I do not buy Cleveland at all. Deshaun Watson's, I think, going to have the biggest cap hit in the league. I don't buy the front office. It's nothing against Andrew Barry. The ownership worries me. I don't buy Cleveland. Kenny Pickett, in five of the last six games, he was healthy. Won each of them. In fact, it's won each of his last five healthy games. My bad. I think the Broncos, if they hire Sean Payton, remember, Three of their best players, running back Javante Williams, receiver Tim Patrick, and Garrett Bowles, the left tackle, all return, all miss this year. So not only Peyton, not only Russell Wilson in year two with a better coach, but they have three offensive players, a left tackle, a receiver, and a running back that would all be added next year. Um you're looking at me. Yeah, yeah. So uh who's Raiders, Chargers that? out. Uh, uh Chargers out? I don't think it's going to work. Uh, I would say Lions were a very good football team. Now their defense is atrocious, but this draft, because they've got the offense figured out, they can just go defense. Hutchinson is a really nice pass rusher. They've got to get better on the defensive interior, and they need another corner. But Jared Goff, with protection in his career, is a B plus quarterback. He's a very and they have a really good offensive line. The Rams had 13 different starting offensive lines. I do not believe that will be the case. There's nothing you can do. Stafford is back. I do think they will regain some draft capital by moving Jalen Ramsey for a first and a fifth or a first and a fourth. But they're going to, I've been told, they're going to go heavy offense in the offseason and the draft, and the defense will be on their own. They're going to load up with a tight end, a wide receiver, offensive lineman. They may get another running back. They're going to concentrate on McVay's side of the football in the offseason. The Packers, the Vikings are not going to go 11-0 in one-score games. Green Bay missed the playoffs by a fourth quarter. Uh, Chicago's still a mess. Minnesota's a big pullback. I think Detroit and Green Bay are more than competent, but I think they'll make the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers and have a strong likelihood they will with Jordan Love if he's competent. Green Bay makes the playoffs. The roster's too good. LaFleur's competent. I think those two young receivers are only getting better. Aaron Jones, uh, Gary, the defensive lineman back. It's a really good roster. I don't love their special teams. Very competent front office. If they trade Aaron and get a couple of firsts, they'll hit on those as well. And I think you have to look at the Panthers who both you and I said, if Brady leaves the division, their roster, pretty interesting. They also have one of the richer owners. He'll go get a good coach. I mean, Sean Payton respectfully is interviewing with him in a division with the Saints, all his friends. Uh, I think they would pay for a car. They would pay for a Garoppolo uh, and the defense. They've got some weapons we like on the outside. They've got a really nice front seven. This is not a great division. I think if you gave them an offensive coach, and Garoppolo, and Brady leaves the division. So these would be my early leans. Now, we haven't had a draft. We haven't had free agency. But if you had to ask me today of the seven new teams, that feels like it. This is Steve Covino. And Rich Davis. And together we are Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, That's right. Covino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Any. That's right. To celebrate college basketball's most frenzied time of the year, it's here. DraftKings is giving new customers a shot to rack up bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code Herd, Once again, new customers. Bet 5 and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook code HERD, the crown is yours.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877 8HOPENY or text hope HOPENY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
2: the best athletes don't just play the game they change it when it comes to investing gain is doing the same their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings It's intuitive. It's easy. Best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play. You call every shot. From choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest. Gainbridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. 40%. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money. Reliable returns. Take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest. Because it's investing your way. Change the game. Get started today. As little as $1,000 at Gainbridge.io. Decovas is a great boot brand. Love it. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. And Decovas is Western to the core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance, pearls, snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, they'll get you outfitted. As a special opportunity for my listeners, Decovis has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Decovis.com. Just use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, at checkout. H-E-R-D. It's about a $30 value, and they sell fast. So there's always a new style and looks. Again, limited time. Just enter the code H.E.R.D. at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Decovas, only at Decovas.com. If you can't make it to a store, Decovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods to your door. Visit Decovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. I think Philadelphia is going to win the game. Now, Now, that being said, let's go to the top 10 players. So I graded the top 10 players. Number 10. Would be Darius Slay, Philadelphia. So five Pro Bowls in six years. The Eagles were great against the pass. He allowed a 76 passer rating. Big play Slay. Um, He's a playmaker. There's a lot of good corners. There's not a lot of good corners that are playmakers. He feels like one. So Darius Slay at 10. Number 9. George Kittle. That's how loaded these teams are. George Kittle's at 9. One of two tight ends with 800 receiving yards and 10 receiving touchdowns. Again, you could put him at four and I'd have no argument. This game is so stocked with talent. He is a tight end. Remember, he is a tight end. They're valuable, but they're not quarterbacks. They're They're not paid. By the way, they're paid much less than left tackles, edge rushers, corners, receivers, quarterbacks. They are. They're tight ends. Who had the biggest catch for the Niners. Not disputing the that. Against the There's a reason that the pay scale for tight ends is l- the second lowest group, I think, behind safeties. Yeah, it's not who has the best highlights. That's the other <laughs> network. Okay. Number eight. Christian McCaffrey had over 2,000 scrimmage yards. They are 12-0 and since they inserted him into the starting lineup. So, again, he is the Swiss Army knife in this league. He can catch. He actually can block a little. He can run. Uh, He figured the offense out in about 40 minutes. Remember, they brought him in, and like two days later, he was making plays for the Niners. Christian McCaffrey, over 500 yards receiving, over 1,000 yards rushing. He's a unique player in the NFL. He really is all-time unique player number seven. Fred Warner, I think the best linebacker in the league. He's great against the pass. He's great against the run. He has sideline to sideline range. He led the Niners in tackles with 130. Second highest graded linebacker in the league. I think he's the best linebacker. Uh, just does everything well. I mean, his range. Remember Earl Thomas, the Seahawks safety? And you talk. you didn't talk a lot about that. He'd be like, he was a sideline to sideline safety. That's what Fred Warner is. His highlights are insane. He's chasing down people from 30 yards away. Number six. Lane Johnson's going to be a first ballot tackle, and he's a right tackle. Has not allowed a sack in back-to-back years. I mean, he's literally far and away the best right tackle in years. He played about 70% this weekend and dominated a four-time pro bowler, but he's only the second most talented offensive lineman they have. Get to that in a second. Number five. A.J. Brown, he's great, difference maker. A.J. Brown, most receiving yards in a year in Eagles franchise history. One of four players with 1,500 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns in the entire league. The highest graded wide receiver on either team. Look at Tennessee's offense when he left. How many receivers could change the direction of a franchise? Now, he's not alone, but look at Tennessee and Philadelphia a year ago. That's how good he is. Number four, Jalen Hurts, MVP conversation. 14 rushing touchdowns, a dynamic that is hard to defend. Tied for the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in NFL history. Only quarterback with 30 total touchdowns and less than 10 picks. So I get all the elevation, running and passing, and I don't get the giveaways. 21 and four over the last 25 games. It goes back to that Lamar Jackson thing. You win like that, you're my guy. 21-4. Number three. Jason Kelsey, best center in football. Hasn't allowed. I mean, it's amazing. Two years allowed one sack. Six-time Pro Bowler. He's the highest-graded player on the entire Eagles offense. <laughs> There's, he, is, he is on a short list of the greatest centers in the history of football. And I mean the list is short. And he's on it. Think about how good Philadelphia is. He's the highest-graded offensive player. Number two. Trent Williams is a top-five tackle. Micah Parsons disappeared this weekend. Literally disappeared. He's the highest-graded player on the Niners' offense. Highest-graded offensive tackle in the league. Um, All you had to do is go watch the Micah Parsons highlights. He engulfed him. (laughs) I mean, he just engulfed Micah Parsons. You're not going to get, in the history of the Niners, they'll never get a left tackle this good. And I don't care if they spend the next six drafts, draft them in the first round. You're never going to get a left tackle this good. Number one. Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year, virtually unblockable. There's one or two players in the league. TJ Watts, one of the other ones, just unblockable. Um, For a guy his size, does he have any body fat? <laughs> I mean, some guy, it's just, I mean, Joey, Nick and Joey's dad, big guy. Genetically, the bosses are different. That guy's got, like, no body fat and weighs 265 or something. It's incredible. So, start counting. What do you got there, J-Mac? Not a lot of beef here.
3: Um, A.J. Brown, I like a lot. He was on my fantasy team. I won the championship. I like A.J. Brown a lot. I so, can't put him ahead of McCaffrey. I don't think I can put him ahead of Kittle. I can't put him ahead of Warner. I would just move Brown to nine and slide everyone else down a notch. But otherwise, this might be your best list. Uh, you know, herd hierarchy. I had beef with it every week. Um, this a little less so. This is good. I tried to wedge a jet into this. I couldn't. Stop it. You got three offensive linemen in there. A lot of the casual fans will be like, "Whoa, well, Lane Johnson hasn't allowed a sack in two years. That, that's an incredible stat." I think this is is a good list. Yeah, I may have AJ Brown a little eye, but I mean. A Listen, by the I way, don't think so. three I mean, catches, 22 yards against the Giants, and they won by a million. Like, Yeah, I mean, it didn't really have get, to They use. have so many weapons.
2: Yeah. I don't have Brock Purdy at 11-12 either. Who's 11, by the way, who just missed the cut? Dude, do you know how good these rosters I, are? How about the safety <laughs> for the Niners, Hufunga? Oh, my gosh, I forgot him, yeah. To me, he feels like he just missed. How about the other linebacker for the Niners? Oh, Greenlaw, he's amazing, yeah. They, they, I mean, I Brock... Debo Samuel, I, I. Oh, wait, no! I mean, I, I Debo. think you get to Brock Purdy about
3: seventeen. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, thank you for reminding me about Debo Samuel.
2: He's That's how an, good these rosters are. He's more
3: valuable than AJ Brown because he runs the football too. I don't know. Debo Samuel's a huge. Oh, jeez! I'm afraid to go on social media now. They're going <laughs> to kill me for not checking you. No, I mean
2: Debo Samuel is a very legitimate eleven. Darius Slay. I mean, when you get called. Yeah, AJ Brown literally changed the Eagles offense. Yes. They went in the playoffs last year and could not pick up first downs. And Tennessee, with Mike Vrabel and a great defense and Derrick Henry, dried up. Like no. how many receivers if Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase this year left the Bengals, got hurt. Bengals won four or five straight games. And Jamar no. Chase is insane.
3: So, you, yeah, uh,
2: upon further review, you got to have Debo in the top 10. I would bump big
3: play Slay down. Sorry to uh, Slay. Uh, you know, he's, he's very good. But, De- I mean, Debo Samuel. Remember the NFC Championship game against the Rams? Just flipped a game with one what, play. What, you what, get him the ball. What, what year was that? It was last year. Oh, okay. Debo's Wait, <laughs> wait wasn't it great this year? <laughs> no, it, it's Didn't a, he have a, a 77-yard touchdown against the Seahawks to blow that one open? Like, come on. Debo Samuel list. is. He needs some more respect, Cowherd.
2: All right. Yeah, yeah, you're making it sound like I don't like him. Eleven on this list is pretty good.
1: One more herd. The herd streams twenty four hours a day, seven days a week within the
2: iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Well, he was in three Super Bowls with the Patriots. Now he is with the Chargers, briefly with the Dolphins and Lions. Kyle Van Noy, a two time Super Bowl champion, is joining us in studio. So there you go, baby. There we go. Now, you're a free agent. You, you are a, a guy that knows the game. You think the game. Ton of experience. I can see a team bringing you on with young linebackers and saying, let's bring a grown-up in. Are there, <laughs> are there teams that you're looking at? Do you have a feel where you're going?
4: You know, I haven't thought about it too much because of the last two years of being in free agency didn't go how I thought they would. I thought I would still be on those teams. So I'm honestly just sitting back, enjoying it. I'm here with you right now, uh, talking ball. I'm not really worried about my future. I'm just enjoying the present right now. I I know a team will want me of how I finish the season, and I'll be grateful to go wherever I need to go. I'm confident in who I am as a player, And I'm excited to continue my success in the NFL.
2: So you've played with Mac Jones, with Tua, and Justin Herbert.
4: Oh, there you go. I like it. Let's get into it.
2: So the first time with Herbert that you're at a practice and you drop back in coverage, how long did it take to go, okay, that's different?
4: (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you a good quick story. It actually happened to be in seven-on-seven. It was uh, a third-down drill. And I was actually playing off the ball during uh, fall camp, so I was kind of talking trash to him, you know, oh for one, oh for two, and then he whips one right by my ear, and he's like, one for two, <laughs> two for two, three for two, you know. Then he started going on this clinic, and then yeah. after after the the series was over, or af- after the period that we call it, he comes up and he was like, "How was that?" And I was like, "Okay." Now now that was like my introduction to him, and good friends with him. Love the kid; he's gonna be phenomenal. Can't wait to see for his future, uh, the way he works and his growth. And I know everybody wants him to speak more, and he'll get there. I'm confident in that. He 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 loves football, and he loves uh, personalities behind the scenes, and I respect that.
2: Yeah, you know when um, you were part of the greatest dynasty in league history.
4: Yes. I'm proud of that, by the way. You should be. Yeah. I I talk trash about it, too. (laughs) Well,
2: it was also I never felt New England always had the most talented teams. They were talented. I thought they were the smartest teams. And Damian Woody's a friend of mine. He used to tell stories. He was saying, you know, we would practice a play for 17 weeks, and then we'd use it on a weird third down and they just, it was different. Um, that's not a knock on Brian Flores briefly or Brandon Staley, but was, the, kind of take your time on this, the, the intensity of Belichick and that culture for those years.
4: Hmm. We could be here all three hours of this. <laughs> um, the intensity of Bill is nothing that I've ever seen because he just wants to win every day. Like, he's not talking about the next day or the week. He's talking about that day. The most important time is that practice, right? Everything, practice is the most important thing. So he's literally all his mind, everything, his focus, energy is on that one practice. And that type of energy that you have to just process and just hone in and not worry about anything else no distractions you know you have all sorts of stuff he's the gm he's the coach all those distractions he does not care he is mainly focused on that one practice and i think that's what separates him apart because he's just trying to win that one day and he knows if i can win this one day and stack that and stack that and stack that my my guys are going to be ready to go for the game
2: were you ever late to a practice
4: no, but I, I'll tell you the one time I was late. <laughs> it was actually—I'll never forget this. It was my son, um, newborn, and it was a rough night at the house. Right, sure, sure. wifey he did her thing. She she took care of him, and I I I was up. He was crying. Um, I'm gonna blame him, right? <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't sleep very well, and I woke up late. Oh man, your heart dropped. Yes, my heart dropped, and I have a. I have a missed call from Bill. <laughs> I get to I get to the facilities like, come on, Kyle, we can't do that, you know? And he 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 find me, of course. He finds everybody that's late. Uh, but uh I was pretty nervous when I was late approaching <laughs> New England's uh, stadium. It was a long drive that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving fast, but it was long mentally for sure.
2: Um, Brady, obviously, is as good as anybody that's done it. He was very much in line with Bill. And I think I always said this, you know, Shaq and Kobe uh, were the two best closers, arguably, at the same time in the league. They wore mm-hmm. each other out. Did you ever sense bits and pieces of little tiny fissures after all those years, it's like it would make, it would make it's like a, it's like a marriage. After twenty years, you argue occasionally.
4: <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's with anything. It's it's just with me and other coaches um, that have been together. So, I mean, you you could see some some things, but nothing to the the effect of like, oh, this is this is crazy, right? It, it was normal conversations. There was never a heated argument, but you know. I— I think when I'm done and I'm not playing football and don't want to make headlines right now, I'll be able to discuss this a little bit more, (laughs) write my own book and tell my side of the story, but I I didn't see anything crazy off the top of my head.
2: Yeah, so uh, when you look at the league right now, it's pretty obvious that the league, for safety reasons, has pivoted to offense. Oh, yeah. It used to be when you broke into this league, so about a decade ago, Mm -hmm. um, the middle of the field was transitioning from the defenses to the offenses. Now it's the offenses. Oh, yeah. You can't hit anybody. Nope. Um, I mean, Nick Saban admitted this five years ago in college. I I can't stop the best offenses. Um, Take me to your rookie year in the NFL and to now – that you've noticed structurally rules what's made it harder for linebackers.
4: Who we? I I think uh, I don't want to just put myself. I just want to have everybody envision just the receiving yards. You know, are crazy through the roof right now, right? Crazy. Absurd numbers. So I think just going over the middle, receivers aren't scared like they used to. You know, like take the dra- uh, the digs catch of uh, Kittle the other day. He would have been lit up. What? He would have been holding his ribs. He would have been (laughs) hurt. Um, You know, there was another play in uh, Vikings versus Patriots game where Justin Jefferson's flying down the sideline and Devin McCourty comes and gets a good hit on him, but back in the day, I mean, he's Uh, holding his ribs again talking about, you know, we got to call somebody over. That's not happening anymore. Uh, Guys are happy to go across the middle catch the ball with two hands because they know they're not going to get hit anywhere essentially it's kind of like you get pushed down to the ground I would say that's the biggest thing um, that I've seen over my course of the last decade is just receivers being a little bit more like just catching the ball over the middle and not being scared
2: so you faced Patrick Mahomes I believe five times um, and I've asked people for years when you face Peyton Manning what it's like. And Peyton's looking at you and barking and Omaha. And uh, I'm not sure if Mahomes does that. But you can go to the first time you faced him, the last time. Did you know instantly, Kyle, instantly, this cat's different?
4: No, I'm not going to say instantly. It probably wasn't till the next time I played him. The first time was – I want to believe in 2017, off the Super Bowl year of 16, uh, him and Kareem Hunt came in the stadium and blew the roof off. Uh, They beat our our ass. (laughs) Um, And, you know, so I I gave a lot of credit to Kareem Hunt because at that time he was the best running back in the league as a rookie I mean he could run you over juke you stiff arm you I mean he only had to touch the ball 12 times a game to get 100 yards he was incredible and then um, what Mahomes has done from what I've seen from him is he's turning into a more pure pocket passer he doesn't have to do I mean, what makes him special is getting outside the pocket, you know, Madden, you know, run around like you would be playing Madden, running around behind the scene for five minutes and then finding somebody open and throwing it. He's doing that in real life. That separates him, but his pocket – Passing ability of reading coverages, understanding schemes, and Andy Reid just calling, dialing it up for him. I mean, I think this year he proved to be the MVP. Uh, he didn't have a true number one receiver, yeah. even though I think Travis Kelsey's a receiver. Um, I, I just think he's the MVP of this year.
2: So let's talk. You've you've had to go. You've had to defend Travis Kelsey in mm-hmm. practice. You defended Gronk. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it is. It is interesting. Yeah. So. Um, Let's let's talk about the individual matchups. So when you face Gronk, who's really known as a red zone he can block, was there a trick to defending Gronk? I mean, and it was practice, but was there a little edge you felt you could do with Gronk?
4: I, love, uh, I loved guarding Gronk in practice because we'd be laughing the whole time. Really? <laughs> yeah, we'd be lined up and it would set hike and... He'll tell you we've both hit each other and start laughing at each other. And it was just a fun competitive. But the thing that always, to me, separated Gronk was his ability, his catch radius and his strength. Like anywhere the ball was, he could go up and get no it. drop. and Yes. And he's holding that. So, like, you could be s- slapping at it, trying to get a PBU, and he's, like, kind of, like, dunking on you a little bit. And sometimes you would get him and – For me, it was always trying to be more physical with him. Um, He he obviously liked that back, uh, and I think it was just fun competing with him at that level. It was just fun. He
2: came here to work at Fox. He is contagious. Oh, yeah. He's literally in the building. (laughs) He is one of the most likable people I've been around. Now, Kelsey's a different matchup. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how he grades as a blocker. but um, Not
4: good. He knows he's not good at that. Okay. It's okay. Okay. But but he's really good at receiving. Like, unbelievable.
2: And like Gronk, a big personality, when you match up with him, is he a trash talker? What what is it?
4: He's a little trash talker, but he deserves it. I mean, he backs it up on the field, he makes game changing plays. I mean, pisses me off that this last year they got to walk off on us (laughs) um, at our own stadium. That was kind of embarrassing. Um, but got to give credit when credit's due. He's a really dynamic player. Uh, he's really changed the game and paved the way for tight ends. I know. He should
2: be paid like a receiver.
4: Yes. And I know he gave uh, credit to Antonio Gates because he was the other day, I want to say on his podcast, him and his brother are doing yeah. a really good job of that. Gave Antonio Gates paving the way from him. And I think now he's paved the way for everybody after to get that type of deal of what you're saying receiver money.
2: Of, um, I, I've asked guys like you that occasionally come off the edge and, and uh, you know, was there ever an offensive lineman? I, I, Ray Lewis years ago, you know, the great Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. Ray is really funny. I <laughs> mean, if you get Ray off the mic, he is hysterical. And I, I asked him years ago about, and it was a Kansas City offensive lineman. It may have been Willie Rowe or something. And he's like, oh, I just, he's like, Colin, I'm a physical guy. I got no interest hitting him is that when you look back at the guys, we were just talking about Trent Williams earlier today. Michael mm. Parsons disappeared. Um, <laughs> were there guys, were there teams, maybe it's Baltimore's culture, or were there linemen that if they're coming around the corner and it's a run block or you have to come in, who to you is almost a perfect offensive lineman in all year year? It could be a pulling guard. It oh, can-
4: man. Played so many over the years now. I really... I- I really liked Tyron Smith when I was young. When I was younger, former Trojan, phenomenal player.
1: He had no fat.
4: He's a specimen. <laughs> I mean, he's still playing good. He was still playing good the other day. Uh, he's just definitely not what he was.
2: If he gets his hands on you,
4: he's just strong. Um, oh man, there's so many. Um, Travis uh, Travis Kelsey's brother, uh, Jason Kelsey, very fast. Alex Mack at the center was very fast. Just climbing to the second level. I wouldn't say they were like they're overly strong, but they just a no.
2: discard. Go to the next guy.
4: Yes. Uh, Do- Dominic Rayola. He doesn't get enough credit either. I played with him when I was a rookie in uh, Detroit. He was another center. He w- he w- he was grimy though. I loved it. Like <laughs> he he just you know, do little nicks and knacks that veterans do. He's from that older age type right. of deal, like play through anything and just, you know, wrap it up, tape it up and go.
2: So Kyle Shanahan's offense, uh, we, we've said this, I love watching the Niners play. It is 1988 football. Mm. They always figure out a way to throw an additional blocker on any run. I don't know <laughs> where they come from, but they, they'll they bring another guard. They've got, you know, obviously uh, – Kyle just checked the Pro Bowl fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, when you defend a Niners offense with Kyle Shanahan, as a viewer, it looks different than other offenses. Yes. When you're defending it, why is it so successful? He's done. He's had six round running backs, Elijah Mitchell. Everybody succeeds in it. What's the secret sauce to Kyle's offense?
4: He's got about 1,000 run plays. Is that it? I mean, you just saw it in the Cowboys game. The Cowboys game, they did a really good job uh, stopping the zone stretch. And I want to say they gained about 27 yards in the first half. Flip it to the second half, they come out in gap scheme where they're down block. You know, Trent Williams coming down on the double team, climbing. And then you got two pullers that are coming. And they had 80, I want to say 86 yards in the second half. And you're like, they stopped him in the first half, and then it's because he switched his whole playbook. His offense of and adjustments in the game are, I mean, right now, I think he's the best OC in the game right now. Um,
2: do, they, do they mask them? Can you tell? I mean, he, just Brock Purdy's uh, a kid, and he's figured it out.
4: And, and I want to say that's what they do so well is they make everything, one thing look the same. Like, they run that uh, – the biggest thing right now is that – Tight end coming across fast motion. Whether you put a t- oh, a tackle there, you saw Trent Williams the year before against Green Bay, smacking Buddy out of the club. <laughs> uh, now they're doing a tight end doing it. Use check does it, and then they have a boot off of it.
2: Yeah, Debo so, sometimes. So now
4: you have the linebackers and safeties all flowing like, oh, here it comes, you know. And then the pass rush is a little slow, and then they're out on the perimeter. Brock Purdy, easy throw, easy read keep the chains moving so they
2: keep you thinking
4: yes constantly oh yeah they put a lot of pressure on everybody because they motion someone and that usually affects four to five guys their assignments and so they could they every play you got to be sharp they put pressure every single play
2: okay uh your organization uh the chargers so brandon staley retains his job um i think he's smart I think players like him. I do worry about the adjustments. I tend to think young coaches. I criticized Matt LaFleur years ago. I thought he was very good in the film room, very good in the first half. I thought Matt LaFleur's first couple years, he wasn't a great adjuster. Kyle Shanahan is. Belichick is. Pete Carroll is. Mike Tomlin is. Is it a fair criticism to say that part of his game needs to get better? The halftime adjustments.
4: (laughs) I mean, I... I think that's my guy. I really like Brandon Staley. I think he's a phenomenal coach. But, I mean, just like anyone, um, when you don't win the Super Bowl, you can always get better, right? Um, I think for him, he's going to go back and look at the film on where he can get better, where he can make adjustments better. Um, I I don't want to just put it on him. I think it's a collective group. I think players need to do their part in it as well. Um, I'm excited to see him because he took the challenge last year. Um, and with the amount of injuries that we sustained this year uh, from Pro Bowl, all Pro players. Up
2: front defensively.
4: We lost three D linemen. I mean, I I could go on, and I'm not making an excuse, but to stay in the hunt and be in the hunt at the end of the season, I was very impressed with the composure he had. And, you know, I I know he's going to make better adjustments. Uh, I know he's going to make the right things uh, to win because that's what he's all about. He's all about winning, and he's going to get it done.
2: Did you you had Mac Jones for a year? I did. Now they call him Mac Roe Jones. <laughs> Apparently, he gets pissy.
4: <laughs> did you notice that? Uh, yeah, I we I always I always give Mac a hard time about that because I think what people don't understand um, is these these guys are still human. You know, I know they're leading. Uh, billion dollar companies and that's a huge task and everybody wants every all these quarterbacks to act a certain way right you know it's just like lamar jackson i love i think lamar deserves his money deserves it all he doesn't do what everyone else does right yeah and um I mean, you could go Justin. He doesn't do what everyone else does. He's he does, very quiet. He, yeah, very he private. does his own thing. Tom, same way. He does his thing his own way. Joe Burrow. I mean, most swag quarterback in the league right now. Right. Joe Scheisty, they call him <laughs> King of the North. They right. call him. I mean, buddy has got. I, I love Patrick Mahomes. He's vocal. He talks uh, talks openly about everything. You know, I just love all these different quarterbacks doing different things now you know, back to Mac with the original question, you know, Mac's going to do a good job. I just saw Billy O's coming back. That's his guy. I think it's going to work out great. You know, I'm, I'm excited for him and I'm excited for him to continue to mature. He's going to do it. He's done it already. I'll tell you a quick story about Mac is when I knew he was, uh, he was going to be the guy is when Cam Newton was not there during practice. Uh, I think it was like I believe COVID situation yeah, yeah. uh mispractice during fall camp and yep. he came in against the Giants and kinda was cussing people out. Get your ass So you know, directing people and you know, and he was slicing up our defense and then sliced up the Giants and it was like, Oh, this dude's taking that step. And so I, I envisioned him that he's going to continue to do that with his mat, uh, maturation. Is that yeah, the right sure, word? Yeah. yeah, and continue to get better in everything he needs. And I think Billy O is going to be able to get him there.
2: Finally, Brady, what do you think he does? He
4: gets, he gets, by the way, Tommy did, Boy, love that man. He's a good man.
2: Did he was, was shown his kids to a private school in Miami. If he, Would you be shocked? His dad said he'll never retire. Would you be shocked if he said, I've had a great run?
4: I mean I was shocked what he did last year <laughs> right. I, I just felt like it was off and it wasn't the right way he exits and you know I, I'm gonna I'm so happy for him and his career he, he, you know just battling um, with the things he's done off the field and continue to go through and he played
2: with the greatest football player ever
4: yeah he's unbelievable and he I, I think he's the goat. He's definitely the did, did he ever best cush, ever cuss out. Uh, yes, he's cussed at me. <laughs> I will say this. One thing that I, I loved about him is when we ended up playing him um, when he was at Tampa in that game. And after the game, he said something. He's like, it's not fun playing your friends. And me and he took a knee and came, and it was Hightower, Dante Hightower myself went up to give him some love, and he's like, that wasn't as fun as I thought it was. And I was like, yeah, it wasn't. It was really weird, like, playing your older brother, and, like, it was fun competing, but it was was just a weird dynamic. Yeah.
2: All right, Kyle Van Vannoy, I had no idea he was my neighbor. (laughs)
4: <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll,
2: we'll end it there we won't tell you where yeah. but, um, what a pleasure to meet you finally yes good luck to you congratulations on your success
4: thank you thank you so much I appreciate you having me on you bet infinity presents
3: a new chapter in luxury